Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 206. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. We are right on the cusp of April, and I cannot believe it because it feels like just the other day I was saying, happy March. I can't believe it's March. And now I'm saying, I can't believe it's about to be April. And it's crazy. Time is flying this year. Um, but God's doing a lot, a lot of really cool stuff. And it's really cool to see a lot of this stuff playing out in my life, in your lives, everything. Um, all right. Also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this five days a week, keeping it afloat. It's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. A lot of work goes into a lot of this. You know, people, are, there's a misconception that people go, oh, well, you just push record. Yes, we do push record or go live or whatever. But the journey to get up to pushing that button can be arduous. Um, and uh, so I noticed there was someone who asked, what's the daily, a, a day in the life working on Elijah Fire look like? Um, and they asked it on our 200th episode from last week. We never got to that question, but we did see it. And so maybe we'll do something fun and kind of like a day in the life of illumination, a day in the life of me. Uh, which will be a lot of me with my head in between my knees, <laughs> praying. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a joke, but kind of true. Definitely praying. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, but let me play a quick promo for our wells, uh, which have been made possible by your guys' donations. And then we're going to get going. Thank you again so much for believing in this ministry, believing in Elijah's streams, and also uh, just as a result of, of that belief in us and donating to us, you are also contributing to that. And these lives are completely being transformed because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. Very exciting stuff. Um, more wells, more lives transformed. We've, I think like thousands of people have come to Jesus now because of this. Um, and what's interesting a lot, just really quick, a lot of these communities, there will be people from different religions, predominantly Islam is, is in that part of the world as well, that um, a lot of times, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of times they'll, they'll provide subpar wells, um, water wells, or they'll be, they'll charge for them. And so people are still getting waterborne illnesses. And so they're actually seeing that Christians are, are actually uh digging fresh wells that have quality water sources. Um, and that goes a long way. Uh, so God bless you guys. All right. Uh, my guest today, a lot of you guys know her. Most of you guys know her. Some of you don't. Uh, she's a singer songwriter. She is a gifted preacher, a dynamite preacher. She's also the drummer of the 11th hour program at church international. Let's give it up for my guest today. Krista J Bullock. Hey. Shalom. Double shalom to you. Double shalom. Shalom, yeah. shalom. Yeah. How are you? Oh, all is well. You are so right. The year has went by so fast mm. already. And I'm I'm sitting here going, oh, what have I done with my life this year? <laughs> with You've the, done something. With yeah. Definitely yeah. done something. We have, and, and so I'm telling you, it's going by, but just got to give a quick shout out to God, because in two days, 
So I've made it past my first round of what the enemy tried to do last year. Mm -hmm. And in two days will be the second round. And I'm going to blast through that day. This time last year, I could not be on your show. This time last year, I could barely speak. But today I'm here. So first and foremost, I've got to give praise Mm -hmm. to God for healing me, for uh, setting me free of that prison that the enemy tried to put me in. Mm -hmm. And so everybody that had a hand in praying for me, thank you. Look what God can do in one year. Yeah. So that's just what I started off. Yeah, it's been a year. That is wild. I know. I mean, it's like when I think about it, it actually does feel like it was a year maybe longer, but yeah, it, it does seem like it was short, not that yeah, long ago. But. It feels crazy. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, yesterday I was, I was working out and I, in the middle of, of exercising, I just started praising God mm. and I worked out outside cause it was a beautiful day. And I just started praising God and shouting. And I was like, look what the Lord has done. Mm. I was like, I could not even walk up one flight of steps this time last year. And now I mean, I'm just a whole new person. And so, uh, you know, I didn't want to go any further without publicly. I've Uh done it in private several times, but I Uh wanted to publicly give glory uh, and honor to God and encourage people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and my, my question, Krista, is like what, you know, going through something like that is pretty, uh, I mean, it can be life-changing, you know, in terms of just your perspective yeah. and what God, what would you say is like one or some of the biggest things that you noticed as a difference between like pre that event and post that event? Um, you know, I mean, of course there's physical things that I can tell the difference, but, um, as far as spiritual, um, number one, I know, I have more of an insight into the enemy's uh, tactics Mm -hmm. and the things he tries to do. Um, I also know what fear can bring on you even more. Um, I've noticed how if the enemy tries to put fear on me and, you know, fear, uh, we use the acronym false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. And so I might have, you know, these little aches and pains that try to come on my body and I, the enemy will start trying to talk and get in my head and I will notice them get worse. But now over the last year, you know, I think I can count on one hand how many times I have missed doing my scripture confessions that I do every single day for my healing. And even if I've missed it, I'll go back and I might do it double the next day or something like that. But now I have more of an insight that, Hey, I have too much word in me and I have too much. I've spoken too much over my life that it is actually pushing out the curse. It's pushing Mm -hmm. out anything that the darkness would try to put on me. And so I've learned over the last year to rest and let the word be the final authority in your life, no matter what. And just know, hey, listen, his word doesn't fail. And when I start resting in that, then all of that fear goes away. So I would say that's the biggest thing that I have learned over the last year. Yeah, well, that's you hit on something really important. Um, and that's specifically you're saying anytime you hear a little 
you hear a creeping thought come in and you feel like a, fa- a weird pain and it, yeah. you know, every now and then they, everybody gets kind of like a weird sharp pain in like one of their muscles or something. <laughs> and they're like, Oh no. Um, but how important it is to keep, you know, to take captive your thoughts. Um, yeah. Because that's, right. that's how, you know, I've talked a lot about my experience with um, anxiety and mm-hmm. it was through entertaining thoughts and they were small at first entertaining thoughts of like fearing that I was going to die or fearing that I was going to like, and it was really bad. It got really bad. And it was all because I gave a foothold to the enemy in my thoughts rather than like aggressive being like, absolutely not. Cause it's like, look, your thoughts either come, they come from one or two places, especially if depending on what type of spiritual food you're eating. Right. Right. Exactly. Come from heaven. And so, especially when it comes to thoughts of fear, it's very, when you when you can recognize that you can break them up into two camps you can recognize right oh, hold on it would god make me feel this way would, would he right. want me to be in dread or fearing that i'm gonna die no so it's the no. devil because the devil wants to take us out so exactly exactly now man we could go in a whole episode of that and and that may be the next episode yeah. i don't know because i it's a big topic I could no. relate to so much of what you're saying right mm-hmm. now. And so, I mean, I've got, you know, testimony of my own of dealing with anxiety, dealing, yeah. dealing with these things. And, and it's not, it's not fun, but, and so we really have no idea why we're talking about this, but if there's somebody just right now and you feel that creep up on the inside of you, calm down, take a deep breath, yes. start quoting the word start mm-hmm. quoting the scripture you're okay you're gonna make it it's just the enemy and you need to realize or wonder really you need to ask yourself the question why is he so high that i can hear him talk to me mm-hmm. he doesn't belong right there he that's belongs right. under your feet that's right and so that's where you have you have to remind him of his place and you'll know the the voice of the good shepherd versus a stranger's voice. And so start listening to that and it will calm. You will watch your fears and everything that you have just start slowly fading away and it'll calm down and you'll be at peace. And he gives you the scripture says, and this is all I'm going to say about this. The scripture says he gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding, which means you don't understand why, but you're at peace. Everything in your life could be going to hell in a handbasket, as we say, but you don't know why you're at peace. And that is his peace. So rest in that today and don't let the enemy do that to you any longer. Yeah, that's right. And then I'll throw in, just like I said, on the 200th episode, Psalm 91, you guys, opens up with whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high. Well, I totally just blanked on it. It will, rest, we will we'll rest abide in, yeah, in the shadow abide, of the Almighty. Yes, or rest in the shadow of the Almighty, yeah. depending on what translation. But what I would actually do is, while I'm laying there, is I would actually, because it says we can approach the throne boldly, I would actually pretend like my bed was in the throne room of heaven. Hey. And I would lay there, and I would just like, I, that was the best way that I could get myself to that place of, of actually like shifting my gaze towards right. the Lord, of being like, you know, and it's like scripture says, when you lay down, your sweet will be, your sleep will be sweet. And it also right. says, when I awake, I'm still with you. Like it says right. in Psalm 139. So um, that was kind of what I stood on. And then from that place, I would start quoting scripture and I would just like, and it was, yeah, it just, I felt God's nearness, even in the midst of the storm. So, so good. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. That's a good way to start it. Yeah. 
we'll, we'll, maybe we should talk more about that next time. That's a really good topic. So yeah, there we right. go. It's planned. We'll do we'll, we'll <laughs> episode it. two. Yeah, episode <laughs> two. All right. Um, so the, we called this episode "Unique You," um, and we're going to be talking about a lot in regards to what, Krista. So you unique you. So I was I was praying about uh, illumination. Asked me a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago. She's like, could you get me maybe a topic or something? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I at this moment, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Nothing. And I, I mean, there's sometimes I don't even. I, I don't even know what I'm going to say. It's like, I'll have something completely and totally planned for the offering at church and then get up there and open my mouth and something completely different comes out. So I'm like, you know, God, just show me a direction, a direction of where you want me to go. And then I'll follow after that. Just, just show me a direction because he says that he will fill your mouth with good things. So mm -hmm. just if you trust him, you open your mouth and just let him speak because it's his words that are making the difference, not mine and yours. Mm -hmm. And so, but he started gearing me towards, you know, there's something that I have noticed I think honest, honestly, in my opinion, the biggest issue that that we have and as human beings, as growing up, especially as like teenagers and, uh, you know, getting into that, maybe your early 20s. Uh, and for some people, you know, it may even go go into their late 20s and 30s, but it's an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. an identity crisis is is our biggest our biggest issue. And it's because the enemy wants you to forget who you are, how you were made, what you were supposed to be doing, because if he can get you in an identity crisis, then he can steer you away from the mm -hmm. destiny that God placed before you, before you were even born. He said, I knew you before you were even formed in the womb. And so he, he already knew the destiny that he had before you, before you were even born, before you were even conceived. He already had your plan, had your destiny. And so when the enemy and everything that, that God has for you, every single person's destiny is good. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a future. And so he, it's, it's good things. He, he's absolutely good. He's never going to lead you. He doesn't lead you in the valley of the shadow of death. We put ourselves there. He leads us to, he leads us in the paths of righteousness. He, you know, Psalms 23, it tells you that is your plan. That's the plan he set before you. And so if the enemy can get you in an identity crisis, the scripture says in the beginning, in, I mean, and I'm talking in the beginning, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. So he's, he really thought about you and I, he really thought about his family. He really thought about the human race that was coming. And he said, but let us make them in our image. And that's, you know, uh, father, spirit, son, the triune being, let us, let us make 
make him in our image, which is why we're spirit, soul, and body. We're a triune being also because God is a triune being. Mm. And so he he carefully crafted you. He he put thought in and into you in time. And he he knew, he said, I'm going this person, I'm going to set this destiny before. This person I'm going to set this destiny before because this person can go here. This person can go there. And I, I'm going to do this with all of them. And that's the thing the enemy comes to steal immediately when you start becoming of age to become influenced he immediately starts creeping in Mm -hmm. with an identity crisis so i got curious and i wanted to look up actually what identity crisis meant and and so this is and it's all going to tie into the title of this unique you Unique you. And so, and I always, I kind of thought of it like a university, unique you, like with a t-shirt and <laughs> have the logo and everything. So an identity crisis, there was two different ones that stood out to me. One said a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure typically due to a change in their expected aims or role in society. So as your life starts changing, the enemy really creeps in with this this identity crisis. Another one says an identity crisis is is a developmental event that involves a person questioning their sense of self or place in the world. Hmm. And it and we see it start from the time that kids really start that you know kids are the most unique beings in the world that they really are they want Mm -hmm. to dress the way they want to dress if they don't want to wear this particular thing that day they are going to let you know listen i am not wearing that shirt i'm not i had to keep my one of my best friends little boys uh while she was out of town and uh, he's five and he stayed with me and and I was getting ready for school the next morning. And I said, I said, you need to wear your jeans. And this, I was trying to make him look cute and everything. And he said, I don't want to wear jeans. And I said, but buddy, you need to, you're going to school. This looks better with this outfit. He said, I don't want to wear jeans. And I said, well, what do you want to wear? And he pulls up this pair of sweatpants. And so <laughs> he was like, I want to wear these. I said, but the jeans look better. He said, uh-uh, I don't want jeans. And, <laughs> and he's a respectful little boy. He's not, a, he's not rebellious. He just did not want to wear jeans. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision right then. Am, am I going to force him to into what I wanted him to look like? or what he was confident in and he was comfortable? It didn't bother him that he wore sweatpants and a t-shirt to school. It, he was he was confident like hey i'm cool no matter he's what. rocking the sweatpants yeah i'm yeah. gonna rock these sweatpants to school and so i let him rock the sweatpants to school and of course i wanted to tell it but it was my insecurity coming out wanting to tell his teacher when i dropped him off hey listen this is the reason he looks like <laughs> this <laughs> like this is the reason he's not wearing you know his normal clothes but then mm-hmm. i was like you know what what why are you doing that? I was like, let, mm-hmm. let him be him and mm-hmm. let, let him find his, his self. So kids 
are phenomenal. And it, it's, it's amazing why God tells us that we need to be like little children. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, that sense of security, that sense of confidence that they have in who they are, and it starts slowly fading away. And, and you see it start fading away as soon as they reach a certain age, especially in girls. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Especially in, in teenage girls. And I know that from experience. Sure. And, yeah. so, and it's like, especially when you reach a certain age, you start you start worrying about the way you look. You start worrying about the way you dress. You start worrying about, oh my goodness, I've got to, and it's worse now than it, than it was when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. It's way worse now because we didn't have Instagram when I was that age. We didn't have, you know, we might've had like AOL kids like sign in or Mm -hmm. something like that. We didn't even have the internet when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, that's because you're old, but yeah. no, I'm, just, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. It's true. Remember, everybody, I am younger than Jeff. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But so, and then, and then there was MySpace, but we all had MySpace. Yeah. And so we had that, but it was like it. Oh, it just wasn't the same as as it is now, and. But I started noticing, you know, I can look back now and see where I started changing, where mm-hmm. the enemy started creeping in with me, yeah. where he wanted me to what the way he started talking to me, what he started getting me to look to look at and be influenced by. And so it, he comes in at a certain age because you're at the age of influence. You can be influenced or you can influence somebody Mm -hmm. and you're at that age. And especially if you get a big group of kids together, a big group of like preteens, they're all going to be like, part of them will be secure. Part of them will be insecure because they'll look at another one and say, I want to look like her. I want to dress like her. I, I want to, did you see the way that that boy looked at her? That's because she looks like that. Now I've got to look like that. Well, okay. That's number one. That's not true. That, that person may not even be for you. There may be somebody else that loves you just the way you are. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but what I'm, what I'm saying is this starts from a very young age an identity crisis and it gets you when God created you. And I put this in, in my notes, God did not design you to blend in, but he made you to stand out. He did not design you to blend in. He made you to stand out because he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let me ask you a real harsh truth question. Do you think God blends in? No, no, God God is the most unique being Mm -hmm. in all of existence. And he said, let us make man in our image. Mm. So let us make man unique. 
Let us make man to stand out. I want my family to just absolutely shine on this earth. I I want them, you know, and at the time there was there was animals, there was plants and and different creatures on the earth and there was angels in in heaven. But he said he didn't say any of those. Let's make those in our image. He said, let us make man. That's you and I. That's mankind. That's the collective human race. We are in the image and likeness of God, which means we are made to stand out. And that's the way God created us to be. Every single person's fingerprint is completely and totally different. Mm-hmm. It, even, even if it's one curve, it's different. It's different than somebody else's so that they can always identify you so that they so you're not made. That should your fingerprint should tell you that you weren't made to blend in, that you weren't made to be just like everybody else, that you were made to be unique. You were made to stand out. And that is what the enemy comes in to steal from you. That's what he comes to take from you. And that's what we are dealing with in this time. We're dealing with it more now than we've ever dealt with it before. We've got Instagram influencers that this is literally their job. They get paid for this to influence people to be like them, to be just like them. And and people do it. And people continue, and this is this is the way that these people make their living, is to, and they know their targeted audience also. They know who they're looking at, because the enemy says, "I want." And now I'm not saying all influencers are bad. Some people are, are used to influence people to be in the right direction, mm-hmm. but teach them the way God wants them to be. But when you've got people in the world who are influencers, the enemy uses them and says, you know what? Let's target that group right there because that's the ones that are supposed to do this. The sad thing is, is most of the time the enemy sees your destiny clearer than you see it. And he sees your finish line and what you were created to do before you see it. And Mm -hmm. he'll say that group of people right there, And it could be different people from all around the world. But to him, it's a collective group. He says that group of people will see they're they're meant to be this wild prophetic bunch. And they're meant to be to to change some things in that area. And I don't want them to get there. I don't need their voice. I don't need them, them shutting me up. So let's influence them. Let's tap into their identity and let's steal that from them. Let's get them into crisis mode so that we could push them over the limit and we can just get them out of the way. Mm -hmm. And this is what... This is what we're dealing with mainly out of everything. That's what starts it all. That's what starts everything is some form of an identity crisis. And so the Lord wanted me to come on here and talk today. And this is for people of all ages. This Absolutely. Is, yeah, this is yeah. young, medium and old. <laughs> this is everybody. And everybody can find themselves even in. Even in older age, you can find yourself in an identity crisis. Like, who who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't fit in anywhere. 
That's the point. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to. You're not supposed to fit in anywhere. You're supposed to stand out because that's the way that God made you. You are unique. You. So Jeff interject and I, and we'll get into my, my scriptures. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things. I mean, one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking was one of the things that's really fun to look at for me is different artists. Yeah. If you want to see how we're made in the, we're all made uniquely. And because God is an infinitely is an infinite being means he's got infinite facets to him. It means that now, obviously we can't, we're, we're not infinite. Obviously, we get eternal right. life through Jesus, all that. But but I do believe that we do each carry facets of who he is. And, Absolutely. And together, when you see everyone together and what people contribute to a group, you go, wow. Like, uh, that's when you can get that greater revelation rather than being isolated, being together with people in fellowship one another, with one another and seeing seeing that the uh, how you all kind of come together and you're like, right. look at that man, look how unique this person is. That person is, and that's so cool. Um, but with artists specifically, you can see all of them have unique, you know, I'm a big film guy. So, you know, like, um, you know, Christopher Nolan is going to be different from Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is going to be different from George Lucas. George Lucas is going to be different from Denis Villeneuve or this person or that person. And you see each of them have their unique way right. to communicate. And we don't condemn artists for being different from one another. That's the point. Right. And God is creative. And I think that's why I'm very passionate about creativity and, and yeah. I mean, you're creative as well. Um, but that was something I was thinking about um, that I think too, if you are, I, if you do, cause this happened to me and Krista, maybe this happened to you a little bit where you notice that there's certain things you see differently than everyone else around you. And rather yeah. than going, poor me, because that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to go, poor, poor Chris. Oh, poor me. Or, you know, oh, I, or, or Satan's saying something to me. And I'm like, oh, poor me. Oh, I'm all alone. I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because you're meant to be a forerunner in something to, to blaze a trail in something or, or to bring another perspective to something. Um, it's not because you're, you're not different because you're a freak. Different right. because, you're different by design. So. Right. Right. You know, and I was asking the Lord, I was like, show, show me this in scripture. And there's a, there's a few different ones, but one of them is first Peter two, nine. And it says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, Good. light shines, light stands out. You know, the scripture says the light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. Well, it could be the darkest room in that you've ever been in, in, in your life where the kind of dark where you can't see your, your hand in front of your face. It could be that dark. And if somebody was to take a Zippo lighter and just hit it, you would see it all the way across the room. Why? Because light stands out. Light doesn't blend in. Darkness blends in with each other. Mm -hmm. But light stands out. And that's what we're called to be. And like Jeff said, just because you're different does not mean you're a freak. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I, when I was, when I was younger, I was raised, uh, I, I've been raised in ministry. I've been raised in music my whole life, ministry and music. That was, that was my, my life pretty much. And, but I was a tomboy, what we called a tomboy. I never questioned my gender, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I saw something that said, I, I appreciate my mom not changing my gender because I, you know, wanted to wear boys clothes when I was little. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a baseball jersey right now. And I was just thinking yeah. that too, yeah. So go Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's opening day in Major League. So oh, nice. I, I wore it to support. But I... I, I've always been a tomboy. I loved motorcycles. Uh, I was, when I was three years old, I had a Harley Davidson uh, birthday party. I all my fr- love it. That's right. amazing. <laughs> all my friends were having, you know, Barbie parties and all this. And, and I wanted a Harley Davidson party and I got one too. <laughs> so so cool. I had a, I had a Harley party, um, my dad got me a go-kart when I was five. Dude, I love go-karts. And oh yeah. yeah. So like I've always been in and I I played softball, I've played basketball, you know. I I was just always I mean, I wore a hockey jersey to school in like sixth grade, I think, and had these girls call me a bunch of names and all that. And I'm like, and one girl walked up to me and she was like, I think your hockey jersey's cool. And that was it. That's all it took. I was like, yeah, my hockey jersey yeah. is awesome. Do you remember what, what team it was? Yeah, it's the Birmingham Bulls. Okay. It's our, um, you would, I don't really know. It's sort of like minor league. Yeah, like, it's kind of w- like minor league. Yeah, because we have like a WHL up here yeah. for the Winter Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a minor league hockey is what yeah, it yeah. is. But yeah. my, my brother-in-law had taken me to a game when I was little because my sister's uh, 11 years older than me. So uh that i was like their little kid before they had a kid so they took me to a hockey game and bought me a jersey and i wanted to show that jersey off yeah you better believe it so i've just always i was always like that Mm -hmm. and i remember when i was little uh i had this and my mom tells this story all the time but so my sister wanted to treat me like i was her baby doll like and put dress me up, put bows in my hair, all, all this. Well, I actually ha- I didn't send this picture to you, but I have a picture of my sister fixing my hair, and her face is just like this, and I'm like I'm like this tall, and she's fixing my hair, and I'm like because <laughs> I'm screaming. I did not want. I they would put a bow in my hair. I'd rip it out. I would just rip mm-hmm. it. Out. I was like, I don't want a bow in my hair. So I was like Luke saying, I'm not wearing jeans to school. Mm-hmm. And, but so they, they would put me in these, these clothes and all that. And that, that was fine. When I realized I couldn't win, I said, but I can wear my boots. I can wear my red boots. I was like, I had this one particular pair of red boots that I wore all the time. I we wore picture. With, yeah i'm gonna show it here it is that's them see and oh. see my shirt it's snoopy <laughs> on a motorcycle <laughs> so i love it i've i've loved it i've loved snoopy i've loved motorcycles ever since then but see the bow that they just had to stick in uh-huh. my hair yeah <laughs> yeah but but i was wearing those boots 
And so they, they would they would try to dress me up just like a little baby doll, like a porcelain doll. But it, it was like, no matter what, I was wearing these boots. These boots were uh, an extension of who I, I was. Like, I didn't want to wear dresses. I didn't want to wear all this different stuff that all these other girls, just because every other girl was dressing like this, I didn't want to dress like that. Well, when I was that age, I think right there, I might've been four, yeah, maybe four years old, something like that. And, but at that age, you know, nobody cared. No, nobody cared that, that girls wore, that they didn't dress a certain way or they didn't do this. I mean, we didn't really have, but also at that age, I didn't understand what an identity crisis was. I didn't understand that you didn't have to be like the world said, uh, Mm -hmm. you can't be unique. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. Oh, I'm not supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to fit in according to the world. I just thought, Hey, I love these boots. So I'm going to wear these boots. And that's the way I, I lived my life. That's the way I, I thought that was my thought process. But I can think back now to when I got, you know, maybe it was after sixth grade, after I wore the hockey jersey or, but I remember when it started to change and I I really did. I, I remember when I would see, you know, everybody goes through, there is news flash. everybody goes through an awkward stage, everybody. Yeah, and, they do. They really uh, do. <laughs> Contrary to Instagram uh, and all these different platforms, uh, these these little 13, 14 year old girls that are not having these awkward stages, that's not normal. That's, no, that's it's not. And, and the way they dress and the way that they do their makeup and they look like a Victoria's Secret model at 13 mm-hmm. and 14 years old, that's yeah. not normal. No. Uh, I'm not. sorry, but that's not normal. So when I, when I was around 12, 13 years old, I went through my awkward stage. I was, I was short. Uh, you know, the clothes that used to fit me didn't fit me anymore. And I was going through this awkward stage and I could feel the insecurity start creeping in my life. I didn't know it at the moment, but when I look back now, I know exactly what it was. I could, the insecurity started coming on and I saw myself differently in the mirror. I never cared about what I looked like before. Never. But I I started seeing myself differently in the mirror. I started noticing other girls and wishing I looked like them, wishing that I dressed like them. So I started to change the way I thought. I started to change the way I dressed. I started to change different things. But not knowing the whole time that wasn't me that that wasn't me when these girls you know in my youth group and and they were great girls I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day but those girls had their own that's the that's the look that looked good on them that's mm-hmm. that's what worked for them but i would still see the guys that were like hanging out looking at trucks and stuff outside and i'd be like I want to go and look at the trucks. I I want to go and like play music with them. And so after all the girls would leave, I would jam with the guys on stage because, you know, that was a little too boyish 
mm-hmm. and for the rest of them. But after they would leave, I would do that, not knowing that that's where God was calling me to the entire time. Absolutely. Saying, this is where I need you, Krista, not where I need them, but this is where I need you because this is the way you're going to fulfill your destiny. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And so that's why, and everybody else, so around 12 years old or so, everybody was like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Nothing wrong with any of those professions. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. We need you. And where, and if God has called you to that, we need you. But that's not where he called me. But at the time I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to play softball and I'm going to be like a vet or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. just, just your, your typical, you know, pattern Profession that you get yeah, into. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But when I was about 13 years old, it went off, something went off in me. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I want to play music. I, I want to be in music. I, I want to go that direction. And I didn't know. Uh, I mean, at the time I, I knew how to play guitar and I knew how to play drums. You know, I hadn't played them for very long, but I knew how to play. I knew how to keep a beat. And I said, I just kept feeling a pull towards that. And I thought, that's where I want to go. I want to go where everybody else is going. And so I finally had to make a decision at that moment. My parents were like, they were traveling on the road. They were playing in music and and Christian country music. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay here in Alabama, go to school, just and live with my grandparents, you know, while they're on the road, go to school, do exactly, you know, what everybody else is doing? Or am I going to homeschool? and go on the road with them and travel and be around that environment because that's what I'm being pulled towards and just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Well, something just went off in me and that's where I went. And that's the direction I, I went in. Now, when I would come back home, I would encounter, I would encounter, you know, headbutting with with other girls and everything but just because I wasn't like them I wanted to wear different clothes I wanted to to act different so I started finding musicians and people that I could be influenced by that are like hey they're different I want to be like them so that I know from experience that we are influenced by people and so I found different artists and if I called different artists you would know their name but I would be like, they're different. I want to do that. I want to be just like them. I don't want to be like that. So when I turned 16, I was, I was the one. Everybody else had their cute little Volkswagen Beetles. And they had all the, they were the, the cheerleader girls. They were, they were cute. They, you know, and I had a 93 Mustang with no air. It was awesome. <laughs> I had two CD sleeves yeah. on the top. 
with nothing modern whatsoever. It was everything from the Beatles to to Aerosmith to, to Def Leppard. I, it was <laughs> all across. And this was the music I listened to yeah. versus the music that all the rest of the girls listened to. And I started noticing as I got about 17, 18 years old. I'm just walking you through my whole life story here. Hey, why not? And so I'm, I'm here for it. I, I noticed around that time, I was like, people like me for me. I was like, it, you know, every time, and I still had like, I still had friends that were, you know, the popular girl in school and, and all this. And, and I would have moments of, of insecurity, but I, I got to noticing that some of the guys that came to church thought it was really cool that I was into motorcycles and they thought it was really cool that I was into these things. And I, I started thinking, you know, maybe maybe there's people just for me, like to reach or to talk to or maybe maybe there's people that that are going to be attracted to me not necessarily in a romantic way but just be attracted to me because i'm not like everybody else mm -hmm. and so i really started diving into being my own person versus fitting in with everybody else and when i did that such a sense of security started coming up on the inside of me. And I know now it was God mm -hmm. and it was God saying, now you're on, you found it. You're on the path to, to your destiny. You're, you're moving forward in the direction I want you to go in. Not, not your friend, not your family member, but the direction I want you to go in. And this sense of security started coming up in me. And so when every other girl that was around me would just have these basically panic attacks and be so insecure because, you know, this guy didn't look at her that way or whatever, I would just look at him and be like, you know what? You be you. You just be you. And mm -hmm. if they don't like you for you, then they weren't for you in, in, to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I just had, I began gaining strength from knowing that God wanted me to be me serving him. Yeah. And that is where I try to tell people all the time, listen, God wants you to be you. He created you to be you, but he wants you to be you, but serving him. Mm -hmm. And so as I got older, of course, I've had several several moments of of insecurity i've had several moments of of where is my life going what what am i doing especially when i got into my early 20s you know and i started making friends that had like what they call real jobs and so and because you know i've heard in ministry and music your whole life you know get a real job yeah when i was in missions job. i heard that a lot yeah are you gonna get not, a real job yeah yeah not understanding that ministry is 24 7 yeah. it doesn't oh, yeah. turn off it's not a nine to five job and so i I began meeting these friends and hanging out with them. And I saw the way people looked at me versus the way they looked at them. And they, of course, like when you meet new people, of course they ask you and you, you go to dinner with their families and things. They're like, so Krista, what do you do? What do you do? And I began finding myself coming up with different ways 
to explain what I do that sounded more professional. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I'm an amalgamation of <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in this or I'm in that and just try mm-hmm. to sound really professional, not knowing the whole time I probably sounded like I had no idea what <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> but, We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> the enemy really tried to to get in my head and be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe mm-hmm. what you're doing right now isn't yeah, for you. And you see them, they're successful. They're happy. They're doing this. They're not knowing and completely forgetting that the fact that promotion comes from God. The scripture also says that it's God that gives you the power to get well, which means when you're doing your call and the call that he's placed on your life, your prosperity is in your call. No matter what that call is, that's where your prosperity is. Not in your friend's call, not in this person's call, not in the person who lives next door, but your call. And so I found myself kind of over the years, you know, getting into this sense of God, where, where am I, where am I going in life? You know, I felt like I I was reaching a closed door in music every single where, every single place I turned, everywhere I went. It was just like somebody would slam the door, somebody would close it. And, you know, and then I went through this massive, like, uh, I went through a massive depression and it just, I lost my way spiritually, physically, just completely and totally. I I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who I was anymore. The enemy had came in before I knew it and stuck me in an identity crisis and ripped it away from me. And he completely and totally, I tried to change my hair. I'm talking, you know, all you women watching, that's the first thing we do when, when our nerves get, we're like, we, we need to change our hair. We need to change our hair. I need to, I don't like this hair color anymore. I'm that'll do it. it yeah, that'll do it. Change hair, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's going to fix my <laughs> life. I'm, I'm chopping it off. Yeah. I'm chopping my hair off and that that'll fix everything. And that number one, that's not true. But because all it did was make me look at myself in the mirror even more and go, dear God, what have you done? What have you done? You're you are ugly now. Like that's the way way I would feel. You are ugly. Why did you do this to yourself? I tried (laughs) to dye my hair pink one time, which I cat rocks it. Me, I do not not (laughs) rock pink hair. But there are people that do and are supposed Mm -hmm. to. But anyways, I say all that to say, as I got older, I have fell into these pockets of identity crisis and losing my uniqueness, trying to be like everybody else. And then finally, I said, God, I am giving you everything that I have. I'm giving you everything that I am. Whatever door that you want me to go through, that's the door I'll go through. When it opens, even if it doesn't look what I've like I've always dreamed at the moment, just because you walk through one door does not mean that's the last door you'll ever walk through. And so I said, God, I'll walk through it, whatever you want to open. And when I surrendered everything to him, It was like he brought back who I was to me, but he made me brand new 
in that. Not that I ever walked away from God. I never left God. I just lost who I was yeah, in him. I get that. I, I lost my uniqueness. I was trying to be like everybody else. But when I gave everything that I had to him, he said, now, Krista, let me show you what I want you to be. And I felt so much peace. I began my mental state just miraculously changed. It, I mean, my health changed. My physical body started changing. It was like, I, I don't, I really can't explain it. It was just like God was shaping me into the person that he always intended on me to be that little girl in the red boots mm -hmm. who refused to give those red boots up. And so today I still find myself being hated on. I, I still find myself having comments thrown at me. Oh. I felt like today was bash Krista day. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. Since I woke up this morning, it was like, I'm talking comment after comment, message after message, all in one day. And I'm like, do you people know each other? Like, do y'all, did y'all yeah. get on the phone? Yeah. Is it like a ring of people that like, <laughs> is this like a group chat that yeah. says, hey, we're all going to make these fake accounts and yeah. go after Krista today. And it's days like that, that the enemy really tries to come in and try to steal your identity oh, back. Absolutely from what God has revealed on the inside of you. You know, I, I got well, people, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say really quick, let, let's talk about that really quick, because what do you do when you, because uh, I've definitely had my fair share as well. Um, it, it, it's part of it is like, you're out there, you know, and, and like any measure that you are out there for people, you know, like you're public in the public, you're eye, in the public eye. Yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna, you have a target on your back and people say some, I've had other people that are on the show privately tell me what people said about them. And I'm like, my jaw at the floor. I'm like, what? Um, and, uh, and so what do you do when you really feel like God is like, Hey, Chris, I want you to show a little bit more of this side of yourself. I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to show this, you know, what do you do when you do that and you're immediately met with criticism? What do you do? Cause there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Well, I'm going to use this as an example. Just today, somebody messaged me and sent me this massive long message, which I've got to where I don't really care to hide it in private anymore. Cause I'm like, if you're going to say these things to, to me in private, you're going to tear me down in private where nobody sees you do that. Then, you know, my flesh wants to say, let's put it out in the open, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> let's post it. Let's just post this stuff mm -hmm. and show. Some because people do. <laughs> yeah. And if you're just brave enough to say it in private, then, yeah. you know, why not say it in public? Mm -hmm. But my friend of mine, I, I had texted her and told her, I just said, I, first of all, I texted, I said, what does this even mean? I was like, the, first of all, the message didn't even make sense. It was about that long. It won't, won't even fit in the frame. They wrote you a novel. Yeah. Right, they did, of mm -hmm. something that didn't even make sense. They said that they're like, my preaching and all this had, had become very negative for them to listen to because I was giving them vibes of negativity and they're constantly rebuking things that I have to say and all this. And I'm like, 
okay, that's fine, whatever. I'm like, fat, so fast forward. I'm like, just fast forward my part or don't watch when I'm on. But she texts me and she said, are you going to respond? And I said, I, I told her, I said, the Bible says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood. I said, so if somebody has the audacity to tear you down like that and just really push, push on you and push on you and they want to see you fail and they want to, they say these hurtful things, then there's something bigger than them that's driving them. It's, it's not, it's not them. So you do respond, but you don't respond to them. You respond to that spirit Mm -hmm. that is tearing you down. You respond to the spirit that's talking bad about you and you say, shut your mouth, (laughs) shut your mouth, shut the mouths of the lines. That's how you respond. You go, you go into your prayer closet and your prayer closet could be behind the wheel of your car while you're driving to work. You know, I mean, it could be while you're doing laundry. It doesn't matter. Your prayer closet is just your time that you go to God. And you, mine is usually when I'm getting ready and I'll, I'll say, you know, God, I, I know what you've called me to do. And I know that I, I know that if I'm out of your will, you will show me, you will correct me. I know that if I'm saying something that is contrary to your word, you will step in. You will correct me. It doesn't take somebody and God will never correct you by tearing you down and by tearing your self-esteem. He'll never put insecurity in you because all this leads exactly back to what we're talking about. All the enemy comes at you to do. My dad told me this today. He said, all the enemy wants you to do is to where you get behind the pulpit next time or you get on a stream or something like this and you can't speak with confidence Hmm. anymore because you're like, am I, am I being too negative? Am I being too hard? Mm -hmm. Did I just say this? Oh yeah. That's like a poison, man. Like, yeah, it is. If that gets you mind. Yeah. It's stealing your identity. Mm-hmm. It's stealing what God has called you to do because you can say something that that I can't say. I can say something that you can't say. And we're all we're all essentially saying the same thing, but it's different dialects. It's different uh, personalities and it's different things that can reach different people. That's it. Yeah. And so when people do, you know, come at you with with harsh comments and things like that, I actually had the church contact me today and said that somebody emailed. They had messaged me before and really kind of tore me down about my fake eyelashes, not realizing that when you're on camera, that if you don't wear heavy makeup, it looks like you're not wearing any. And mm-hmm. so you you kind of have to you know, newsflash, all your favorite superheroes and all that, they all wear makeup. Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing uh, makeup right now, actually. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. they came af- after me about my eyelashes. And so I, I just kind of let that roll off. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I'm going to keep wearing them. They messaged the church today and apologized to me. They got up under so much conviction 
about just doing that. And I never, I mean, I never publicly, I mean, I said something about what they said, but I didn't know their name. I didn't blast their name or anything. I just knew somebody had said that. They got up under so much conviction. They said, I'm sending you an offering. Oh, <laughs> they said, that's sweet of them. And I'm like, I mean, obviously they said, I, I'm asking you, I ask you to forgive me. And I said, I forgave them the minute it happened. Uh, I forgave them the minute they opened their mouth against me, but it didn't stop me from still being me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to be me serving God, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Because God created me to stand out. He didn't yeah. create me to to blend in with everybody. Yeah. Well, and the the this isn't a license uh, to for people to do this kind of stuff, but when those things happen, I found within myself and Chris, I'm sure you would agree that especially when it's, it is something that you really feel like God is prompting you to, to show more of yourself with, you know, Hey, yeah. just you know, like you're hiding this part of yourself because you're afraid of what people will think. I want you to show a little bit more of this. And, and then sometimes it's sometimes immediately it can be met with, with criticism. Like what you're hearing. Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But going through those processes and grabbing hold of, well, did I hear God or not? And not making an idol out of being different and being extra. Right. And this isn't what this is about. But there are areas and everybody, I think everybody listening is going to know what we're talking about is there are aspects of yourself where you're like, God wants you to show more of that and, and be more authentic and genuine mm-hmm. and real. Um, and you do. And then holding on to God in those moments and pressing through actually solidifies. No, you know what? I don't want to be beaten into submission. Right. Like that. I don't want to listen to the, what this person has to say. They're obviously operating in a religious spirit. Right. I forgive them, like you're saying, like and move on and release yourself from, from anything they said. And then also too, something I think about is like half of these people might not even be real people, you know, like, I I just don't know. I mean, obviously when they write like a big dissertation, you know, yeah, it probably is a real person, but, but then like there's certain comments you see and I'm like, I don't even know if that's a real person. Like I just don't like, so I should just release it. So there is that aspect too of like, even though it really is not great when someone comes and it can like completely derail your day where you're like having to like, really... it tried. yeah, yeah. And, and, um, but going through that, um, builds up an endurance against criticism and re- the, especially the religious spirit of just like, Hey man, like we gotta, we do, we war not against flesh and blood. So if I treat this like a physical, physical issue, I'm going to get in trouble. We're, we're getting in trouble, you know? So yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, that that was something the Lord had actually prompted me to say earlier is the biggest stealer, I should say, of uh, identity in the within the church realm is religion. It will steal your identity from you and it will steal your uniqueness because it wants you to be like them. And I've talked about that several times. And it reminds me, there was a show that I watched when I was a kid. And I mean, I'm not condoning the show, but it was called The Fairly Odd Parents. And it was where, you know, Timmy Turner had the had the godparents and they would uh, he could make a wish and they would just make it happen. 
Well, he made a wish one time that everybody was just alike. And the Lord brought this episode back to me today. And I remember everybody in the town, every single person, their clothes were gray. Everybody's house lived in like it looked exactly the same. Every car was exactly the same. Everybody was the same, including him. Every single person looked the same. Everybody, uh, they, they spoke the same. And finally, I don't remember exactly what happened in the episode, but it got so frustrating to him because it was like everybody was just alike. And he finally made the wish, no, no, I want it turned back. I want everybody to be different. And it, I think the episode was promoting everybody is unique and everybody mm -hmm. is different. Yeah, and there is a, and as I was preparing this message today, and we've just kind of had just a real discussion today, just, yeah. just, uh, just a back and forth of, and I hope that it has helped some of our viewers today kind of be more confident in, in where God has called them and who he has called them to be. But there's a lady that goes to my church, wonderful lady, powerful lady. I, I'm telling you, I'd go to this lady for prayer for anything and know that she hears from God. But she, you can pick her out of the crowd the minute you walk in. She has different color hair all the time, all the time. She has a nose ring, but it's right here. She has big earrings. She wears a tutu half the time, like to church. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. She, I think she's like in her 60s. It's amazing. You can pick her out the minute you walk in. And I'm going to tell you something. She is so different and she's so unique and she does not care what anybody thinks of her. She doesn't care whether whether you think that she should not wear. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that's came in church before and thought, you mean you wear that to church? She's like, yeah, I'll wear this to church. She's like, because God called me to stand out. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Now, we're not talking God called you to stand out. So come and don't wear anything to church. Yeah, that's please don't. I'm... Please refrain. <laughs> Just yeah. refrain from that. Yeah. Get a second opinion from God before mm -hmm. you do that. Yeah. And but she comes in dressed like that, and she's one of our prayer warriors after service, wow. and she prays for people, and she sets, she helps people get set free. Number one, I think from religion, but another thing, especially young people, they're so drawn to her, like my niece's age. They're so drawn to her because she's so different. And that's, that's like a role model for them. Yeah. And, you know, I Absolutely. think of my, my nieces, I, I think I have three of them and they're, they're, uh, almost 21, 14 and eight. And so they're, they're very spaced out. So I've got them at different stages in their life. And so I have to talk to them where they're at, you know, what they're going through. But my middle niece, she's the one that comes to mind. She's just now discovering her uniqueness and her card. I, I watched her go through such an insecurity. She was bullied in school. She was, uh, I mean, it. she would come home and just cry. She, you know, she would have these, these thoughts of, hey, you don't 
nobody wants you here and, mm, and all this and no. stuff like that. So she really dealt with this all because like she went out for the cheerleading squad just because that's what everybody else did. Not really that she, that's what she even wanted to do, but she went out for it for everybody else. Well, because she didn't look like everybody else, she was made fun of. I mean, mm. constantly, it was just constant, constant, constant. And she wanted these clothes from this store because her friend wore these and mm. all this. And it was just, I watched, I, I had to stand back because it was like I could, I would try with everything in me to tell her, you know, honey, you don't have to, to fit in. You don't have to be like them. You can be you. And when she was little, she reminded me a, a lot of me when she was little, she didn't care. And then as she got older, she started trying to, to form and mold herself into everybody else around her. But now when she, when she discovered Cat Kerr, when she discovered Cat and got prayed over by Cat, something in her changed. Awesome. And all of a sudden it was like Peyton came to life. And it was like, now she don't care how she dresses. She's like, I, she wants like vintage band t-shirts now for her birthday and for Christmas and all this while all the rest nice. of the girls are wearing this. And uh -huh. she just, and like everybody else, like my oldest niece sings and, and everybody's like wanting to play piano and wanting to play drums or guitar. And Peyton went and bought a violin is now in violin lessons. And now she plays on stage with us. And She's just becoming her own person. And one day when she's my age, she will reach somebody that I could have never reached. Somebody that you couldn't reach. Mm -hmm. All because she dared to be yeah. different. And she dared yeah. to be the unique person that God created. That's right. Her. That's right. Absolutely. And, and the amazing thing about working through this. And, you know, there's like that old saying. It's basically the gist of it is just saying like. We spend, you know, our first 20-ish years, 30 years caring what other people think. And then suddenly we realize no one, no one was, no one was right. looking at you anyways, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, even when people make fun of you, it's not about you per se, especially people feel threatened by someone who. Who's confident. Who is confident. Like, right. uh, especially if they're, they aren't confident. That's usually what that is. So it has nothing yeah. to do with you per se. It has everything to do with them. Uh, but the amazing thing, and this is just like God, is to, you know, Krista, you went through this process. I've gone through this process myself, you know, and you come out the other side and, and you get to be used by God to help other people and encourage other people. And there's a measure of authority that comes there when you do pray over people. Um, so there's that, but you know, you know, we talk a lot about what this, what God is doing right now is, you know, we were talking about yesterday saying God is focusing in the church, within the church, a lot of, about repentance, coming back to the simplicity of the gospel, uh, you know, all those things. But also on top of that is what you talked about today, mm -hmm. um, because God is preparing the bride for something very specific and it's very exciting, but That's right. we need, we need to allow ourselves to be shifted into position by God. And that does mean you're going to stand out. That does mean you're going to be different. And that's not a bad thing. And sometimes if you're the only person that's, that's doing something a specific way, maybe God's calling you to be a pioneer in something. Yeah. And that's a, that is a high calling. 
It is. Uh, it's a high calling. Man, so, it's yeah. important. And and if we've got time, can I say one more thing? Please, yeah. Absolutely. And this is very. This one is very personal, and this is very transparent. And I I I don't tell many people this, and I don't. Um, I I've just never really been led to share it until right now. Okay. Um, I used to have. There was a massive rumor that went around about me for a long time that I was attracted to the same sex. Mm. that that's the that I lived a homosexual lifestyle that that's what I was because I was a tomboy because you know and also because I waited so long to find somebody to settle down with mm -hmm. not because I didn't like guys it was because um I didn't like the ones I had met mm -hmm. and so I was waiting <laughs> until the right person well mm -hmm. this big you know well in today's world well I must be gay Mm -hmm. I must be because I, I didn't, I didn't sleep around. I didn't date a whole lot. And I thought, well, what's, what's the point in dating? What's the point in dating a hundred people at just to date? All that leads to is heartbreak and, mm -hmm. and everything. Sure. I'm like, wow, when you, when God sends you the person, you will know. So I had this massive rumor go around about me and it, it really affected me. For, oh, for a long time, I didn't speak about it. I didn't talk about it. I wouldn't have spoke about it today, but the Lord just kept prompting me to, to share this. And so um, I, I had this dream, and the Lord speaks to me in dreams a lot. And I asked Jesus, and I won't go into the whole dream, but this particular part, I asked him. There was another friend of mine who had also had the same rumors spread about her. Now, we live in two different states, completely and totally. We're not connected to, like, nothing was connected about us together. We just had these rumors said about us separately. So we, we were able to really kind of relate to each other on that level and, and the hurt and everything that that does cause and the insecurity and everything. And so I asked the Lord in my dream, I asked Jesus, I said, why do people spread these kinds of rumors about people like me? And I called my friend's name and he responded to me and I heard his voice as plain as I hear yours. And he said, strong women scare hell. Hmm. And I even asked a guy one time, and this is leading into what I want to tell people. I asked a guy one time, he was, he was gay. He, he worked at a coffee shop I used to go to. And I don't condemn him. I actually prayed for him. I would talk to him about God and he, he would listen. But I asked him one time, I said, do I put off the vibe that I'm gay? And he said, absolutely. And I said, okay. I said, please enlighten me. Please do tell. I said, because I want to know. He said, honestly, it's not the fact that you act it. It's not the fact that you talk it. It's not any of this. He said, it's your confidence. He said, and people are not used to seeing women who are secure in who they are and secure and confident. He said, who walk around with their head up instead of their head held down. He said, so in today's world, people think, oh, well, something's wrong with her. All because you walked with security 
and you walked with confidence, but the world's desire is to beat that out of you. Mm -hmm. So you do walk around with your head down. And if the enemy, if all he's got is just to spread rumors about you, you best believe that's what's coming your way because he's so mad. And so to the men and women, to boys and girls, strong men and women scare hell. Hmm. We scare hell when we're confident in who we are. We scare hell when we know the destiny that is placed before us, that God has set before us. We absolutely terrify the kingdom of darkness because they see it. They know where you're going. They know the impact and the kick that you're about to give them. And when you reach that and they'll do anything and everything to stop you. And that is spread rumors. That's talk bad about you. That's send you negative messages, comments, whatever it may be to make sure that your identity in God is lost. And so I want you to know if you're dealing with that today, don't, don't cry no more. Don't, don't get down anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't get upset. Don't cry yourself to sleep. Don't say, why am I being treated like this? You walk with your head up and a smile on your face and say, I must have ticked the devil off <laughs> somewhere, some way, somehow, and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And keep going because he can't stand it. He's not made in the image and likeness of God. He wants to be you. He's so jealous of you. He can't stand it. Mm -hmm. But you, your fingerprint right here, your unique fingerprint lets you know I'm just like God. Mm -hmm. I'm just like God. I'm made in his image. And so don't don't cry about that. I just heard that word. Don't cry anymore. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, pray. Pray that out, yeah. Krista. Yes, yeah. Lord, right now, Father, Lord, I pray for everybody. And, and before I pray, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, then today is the day of yeah. salvation. You will never find your identity. You will never find your destiny until you make him the Lord of your life. He has a future for you. He has a destiny for you. He has a plan for you. And it's all good things. And it's hopeful and it's joyful. And you will fulfill that as long as you're in him. But the first step is making him the Lord of your life. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And if you said that prayer, then you are now a child of God and you are now set on a path of righteousness to fulfill the destiny that God has placed before you. So Lord, now everybody that is under the sound of my voice right now, first of all, I speak peace over their mind. I speak the peace that surpasses all understanding what the enemy has tried to lie to them about, what the enemy has tried to, to take away from them. Right now, we call his plans of this identity crisis in their life. We call his plans null and void. Right. No longer will you lie to the people of God mm -hmm. anymore. No longer will you get in their ear and try to steal the identity that God has placed 
within them before they were even conceived. No longer will you steal their confidence from them. No longer will you keep them at a standstill from moving forward in what God has called them to do. I command you to go and leave them right now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I loose, I loose the joy of the Lord in their life, which is their strength. And it's their strength to keep going. It's their strength to keep walking in the face of adversity, in the face of criticism, in the face of condemnation. It is the joy of the Lord that keeps them moving and keeps them moving towards the destiny that you have for them. And Lord, right now, I pray that they begin to see themselves when they look in the mirror, they see themselves as the child of God made in your image and your likeness. And they say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Lord, I thank you that every single person, man, woman, boy, girl, young and old, that they fulfill before their time on this earth, before you, Lord, whether they're old and satisfied or whether they leave when you call us home, Lord, that they see the destiny that you have for them and Lord, that they fulfill it. And Lord, I thank you that they are being set in people's paths, Lord, that only they can reach and they will be somebody's perfect laborer to cross their path, to lead them to you. And Lord, I give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Krista, how can people follow you? Also, you have a YouTube channel now that you yeah. created so people can go. <laughs> with with only one video right people now. People can go subscribe but to it's it. Only, right but it's, all, it's only for right now because there's more coming, I promise. There's surprises coming and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to announce it the next time. So you can go to Instagram and follow me at Krista J Bullock. You can, uh, YouTube is Krista Jordan music, uh, Facebook. So just type in Krista Jordan Bullock. You'll find me some somewhere. You'll, you'll follow me somewhere. So. There we go. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Krista. Oh, so thanks, great. Man. So always great having you on the show. You're oh, one of the OGs, OG Elijah fire people. Represent. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, I love you too. Everybody, uh, have a blessed Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Fry, yay. Uh, we yeah. love Friday. Um, but we're gonna have evangelist Chris Overstreet back. This nice. is a very good episode. Love that guy. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. That's gonna be at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Great way to kick off the weekend, rev people up, talk people, talk to people about Jesus. Um, right. also elijahfire.com slash donate is how you donate. That keeps it five days a week keeps it afloat we really appreciate the support you guys you guys are super generous we love you guys so tune in tomorrow friday 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time with chris overstreet okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can check out the elijah fire podcast on elijahfire.com on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com give for more info on how you can donate today.